What's up, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Life's a Garden. We're going to start off today's episode with our positive, motivational message of the week, and that is to soak it in. So often, we find ourselves in a roller coaster through life, good times, bad times. That's just how life goes. When the good times arise, when good things happen for you, you need to take in those moments. You need to really reflect on them and enjoy them. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the pleasures in life, the fruits of your labor. Um, and I think it's easy for us to dismiss that and to not want to come across as bragging or uh, boastful and there's a humility to that and yes I'm not saying go out and and you know flaunt it like it's flaunt, flaunt all your your uh, achievements and your accolades in a braggadocious way I'm just saying for yourself when good things happen for you when achievements are made it's important for you to look at that and internalize that and really take it in and enjoy it for what it is because you never know when the next good thing is going to happen and you never know if this particular thing could happen again. So it's important to really take it in and enjoy the moment because once the moment's gone, sometimes you can't get that back. So if you really enjoy it, take it in, You'll always have that. You'll always have that time, have that moment, have that achievement. And you can and you can at least look back on it in a way that you were able to truly enjoy it for everything it was worth. Rather than dismiss it and later look back and say, Man, I kinda wish I had I had really, you know, felt that moment a little bit harder. Or I wish I would have uh, appreciated it a little bit more. Because now you can't ever get that back. So, going forward, if you haven't already, if you don't already, when good things happen for you, reflect on it, internalize it, enjoy it for what it is. Don't be don't be boastful. Don't be, you know, don't put yourself on a pedestal about whatever it is. But enjoy it for yourself. And that's today's positive message. Um we got a lot to get into today. Big revealing a, a big reveal to come here in just a moment but first let's hit that intro music and let's get into it i believe we are in episode 164 of life's a garden Another exciting episode of Life's a Garden. Of course, if you haven't yet, please subscribe on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, YouTube. Like, share, comment. Help get that algorithm moving. Let's help grow this garden one bit at a time. But for all of you who are dedicated 
listeners, those of you who have listened for a long time, and for those of you who are new listeners, welcome and welcome back. Thank you for joining me this week. It is a very big, very exciting announcement that I'm ex- so excited to make. Um, but first, before we get into that, a couple dates I want to plug. Uh, Cutthroat, my band, we are playing uh, August 16th. That's this Saturday, August 16th. Sorry, August 26th. We just played August 16th. Bike night, which, by the way, I will mention. Great time. First time doing a event like that, where it was kind of more of a social gathering, not as much a show. We were kind of there just as background music in a way. Like, we definitely had people that came out for us. But it was a cool a cool um, experience because I think we were able to gain a few new followers. You know, it's it's cool to play different venues, different events, because you never know who's going to be there. When you play different venues, you might catch a regular from that crowd or that bar. Same with different events, things like that. People who normally might not come see you get to see you, and then you have the opportunity to gain new fans. So that was cool. It was a little different playing outside the way it was especially with it being an event that wasn't necessarily a concert per se. There was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, overall, great experience. Had a few difficulties with sound as far as just us on stage being able to hear each other. So our timing got a little off from time to time. Nothing we couldn't come back from or or correct. So even with with those little bits of hiccups, it was still a good show. A lot of people, a lot of compliments. So, kudos to everybody who put that on. Thank you to everybody who came out, of course, as always. And back to our upcoming shows. August 26th, out at Harley-Davidson. That's this Saturday. That is a fundraiser for the toy run that the Road Dogs do every year. And then we have September 1st. This is a big one, okay? Craft Local, September 1st. Show starts at 7 o'clock, I believe. This will be our CD release show, okay? This is the big one. Our official CD release show. The CD will officially come out August 23rd, which is this Wednesday. August 23rd is the official release of the CD, but our official CD release show is September 1st. So if you want to come get your copy of the CD, that's where you're going to go. Craft Local. Obviously, you can pick it up anytime before then, between August 23rd and September 1st. God damn it. Um, You are definitely welcome to come pick up a uh, copy there, and uh, or from us, wherever. And what else? Uh, Then we have October 13th. That's Friday the 13th, October 13th at... Thirsty Street, that's going to be a fun one. Uh, Might end up being our last show of the year, so put that on your calendars as well. And of course, we're going to have CDs there too. Now, for our big announcement. As I had mentioned, September 1st, CD release show. August 23rd, CD release. Now, before we get to the CD release, I'm going to announce the title. Of the album, okay? By now, it's probably been out there. We'll have released it on our social media platforms. We will have, you know, put out the teasers and all that. 
And so, w- extending upon the teasers, I will officially announce it here as well on my show. And of course, you can't have a special occasion without cracking yourself a cold one because this indeed is a very special occasion. And we always cheers it up with a nice ice cold Coors Light. All right, drum roll, please. I'm not going to add a drum roll because that's lame. Ladies and gentlemen, officially announcing to you all the debut record of my band Cutthroat is called Palomar. There it is. Um, God, got the physical copies. It's going to be on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio. You name it. I mean, it's it's everywhere. Deezer's, Napster. I didn't even know Napster was still a thing. But uh, apparently it's going to be on Napster. It'll be on jukeboxes. This thing is going to be everywhere. We will be promoting it like crazy. And even with all that, you know, I know that it's become a digital world. I'm a digital girl living in a digital world. And that's just the way the world has gone. But, I'm old school. I don't often buy physical media anymore. Movies, I I got, as you can see behind me, kinda. As you've seen in in the other set with guests, I have a lot of movies. I, I so much was a physical, like, media guy. I love to have the copy of it, the artwork, everything like that. Same with CDs. I've always been that guy. Now with the introduction of things like Spotify, Apple, Netflix, Hulu, all that stuff, it definitely becomes a lot easier to just have a full library of digital media, plus you're saving so much space. Nonetheless, it is the most epic thing to be sitting here before you holding a physical copy of my own CD. When I talk about soaking it in, when I talk about reflecting, this is what I mean. This right here is an absolute dream come true of mine. This is something that I have envisioned for tens of, like, God, since I was 12 years old, since I first decided music was my path when I decided that music was my passion and the thing that I wanted to do this right here is everything that I hoped and dreamed for to be a part of something like this to create art that I was proud of to create music that I could share with the world and to have my lyrics my vocals presented in such a way that I could literally look at it and be the utmost proud. And I can stand here today and tell you that this is something I am completely proud of. I am so glad to have been able to work with the guys that I was able to work with to create this. My bandmates. Um, I gotta give all my shout. Like here, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and give all my shout outs for this record right here. 
first and foremost, to my bandmates. We did this together. This is our record. We are all part of this. I mean, it's it's hard for, you know, I don't know how, how those guys talk about it. I imagine they talk about it the same way I do. You say my band. It is our band, obviously. We're together in this. We created this together. Every ounce of this was done as a collective. We, you know, it all starts with somebody's idea. Some of these songs were started from myself. Some of them started because Drew made a riff. We've had songs that, you know, were completely concepted by uh, Lucas, our drummer. And it's hard to start a song specifically from drums. But, I mean, our song Killing Ghosts, it started with Drew's riff. But the core of that song truly started with Lucas's drums. So every song is shaped by each individual. They all come together collectively. So I, I hate to always talk about it like my band. And sometimes I feel like when I talk about the band, I'm talking about it like I'm like it's a solo project. And that's not the case at all. And I don't mean for it to sound that way, of course. It's just as I'm talking as a solo person, it's just the easiest way to, to reflect on it. But yes, to my bandmates, I couldn't I couldn't honestly think of a better group of guys to have created this with, to be a part of, to practice week by week, to play shows with, to share a stage with. And honestly, the most important thing, I couldn't think of a better group of guys to be able to create music with. Every single one of these guys are artists. They're all immensely talented in what they do. Justin is a guy that I've been in every band I've ever played with. He's always been the guy that's motivated me to make music. This whole, like, in all honesty, this band wouldn't have happened without Justin. I was on a, on like an eight-year music hiatus. My only music ventures were karaoke, which did, in fact, improve my vocals and improve my confidence and, and my timing and everything. So while I was on my hiatus, I was actually, without intention, becoming a better singer. And a better musician. But Justin was the one who pulled me out of my hiatus. He told, you know, he's the one who wanted to create another band, which set in motion what would become Cutthroat. Drew, a guy that I happened to just start working with. And actually, when I started working at Toyota, he wasn't even working there anymore. He had started there and then left, but then came back. And I hear through the grapevine, oh, this guy plays guitar. Turns out, he's a fucking genius on the guitar. Had never played in a band, had never ever played in a band before. I recruit him to come play with us. And one thing I gotta say about Drew, the ultimate sacrificial guy. Like he, he like he's so he's not, and I don't I, that probably came out the wrong way. The guy that makes the most sacrifices in this band. Strictly for the fact that he is the only guy in this band who has kids, who is a who has a family. He's got a lot of balls in the air. He's juggling a lot. So for him to be able to make things like recording and uh, writing and practicing and shows happen, all while maintaining a family, that's sacrifice. Especially for a guy who had never been in a band before. 
So a huge shout out to Drew for that and for being an absolutely wicked guitar player. Lucas, the consummate musician. Probably, probably the overall, like, professional. And he's the, he, he's the overall best musician in our band because he plays everything and he plays it all so well. And he's so knowledgeable of the music and where things go and how things are supposed to be. He is the guy that, and I, this is no disrespect to any of the other guys in the band, but when I need a second opinion about things, whether it's um, just anything to do with the band, merch, uh, when it comes to like set lists, when it comes to songs, when it comes to writing, when it comes everything, every little intricacy, every little intricacy in the band, if I ever need a second opinion, Lucas's opinion is the one that I count on most. He's the one whose opinion I really um, take in. And that's not, to, like I said, not, not a, a, a slight against anybody else. It's just, like I said, Lucas is a consummate professional. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And when he speaks, when he has an opinion, it has, it has weight. So that's why his opinion means a lot to me. And it helps that he's just a, a fantastic musician in general. And then Aaron. Oh, Aaron. <laughs> Honest to God. Might have been one of my biggest inspirations to even start music when I was a kid. The fact that one of my family members was a musician, played in bands, inspired me to think that it's possible for me to do such a thing. From a young, young age, Aaron inspired me to create music. And it was always, deep down, somewhere in my consciousness, a dream of mine to be in a band with him. Just the fact, just the idea of having a family member and, and to be in the same band with, with a family member and somebody who I admire and who, who inspired me was always a dream. And the fact that it was able, and, and it seemed like such a long, long lost dream because he lived in Reno, never thought he'd ever move back here. And lo and behold, the, the stars aligned, he moves back and we end up making an absolutely epic band. And it just, it, it, it's like fate. It's like fate arose. I've been in several bands before. He's been in several bands before. And here we stand finally together after all these years. And we've created this. We created what I think is, is one of the most proud pieces of artwork I've ever been a part of. Oh, jeez. Now, in addition to the band, I have to send out some huge thank yous to Jesse Vinoy, the man who recorded and mixed and mastered this absolutely beautiful uh, album for us. It's actually an EP. It's six songs, so it's technically an EP, but it's easier to refer to something as an album. Absolute professional, Jesse Vinoy. Uh, Iconoclast Home Studios. If, you, if you're in, a musician in need of recording, that's the guy to go to. He's so reasonable to work with. Absolute professional, patient. I can't say enough good things. I want to get the guy on the show. We got to talk to him. We got to break down the recording process. I got it. Like that is something that needs to happen. I got to get Jesse on the show and we'll talk more in depth about what he does. 
Um, Got to shout out Jared Ewan, who has been on the show several times, one of my good friends, for creating this cover art. And and I kind of want to get, I want to break down the cover art a little bit for you. Um, because we never really had like an ultimate vision of what this was going to be. There were certain aspects. We, we tossed around a few ideas as a group, the band did. And ultimately, I just wanted to kind of put it in the hands of the artist because I don't think any of us were ever going to fully agree on something. And so we uh, we kind of tossed around a few ideas to, to uh, Jared and told him, you know, take the reins. Here's kind of a few things that we thought. And as he was making it, you know, I added a few little requests here and there. And together... You know, he was easy to work with as well. Super accommodating to everything that we were asking of him. And here's the thing. So I'm such a perfectionist and I'm such like, it's hard for me. Like if I, if I have an ultimate vision of something, I can't not see it out that way. So for me to put it in somebody else's hands. And like I said, it was, I tried so hard to not have an ultimate vision of what it was supposed to look like the, the front, like the album art. I, I tried to uh, remove myself from that as much as I could, just so I wasn't having this ultimate expectation, and then have it not be that way. Because that's it's how it is sometimes, and I'm and I'm such a stickler about things like that. And so there's a there's a little bit of advice for anybody out there. Just l- l- if you're if you're putting your your effort, if you're putting something in someone else's hands, whatever it may be. And they're the professional at it. And they're the ones that you're asking to do it. Let them be the professional. Let them do it. Because throughout, you know, he would send me drafts of the art from time to time. And there was moments that I was like, I just, I like, I, I don't know how I'm feeling about this. You know, let's, I don't know if this is exactly what is going to fit for us. And as it progressed, it just became warmer and warmer and i just it grew on me and now i cannot look at this and not see it, it totally encapsulates everything that this band is about and everything that is and what this record stands for it's exactly what the artwork needs to be and it fits so beautifully to me when i look at this i see you know it, it, you can tell it's a rock band you, it doesn't it doesn't scream like heavy metal it's it's very approachable the color tone is very um obviously it's a cool tone because it's blues there's a lot of blue um but ultimately the vision of this and i don't know if you can really see it very well on the uh video but you'll be able to look it up and see the artwork um ultimately what this album is supposed to reflect is is a coming of age and and leaving the past behind and and all the demons and all the all the bad things in your past you you're supposed to be letting them go and so in this you have there's first of all five fish which is a representative of the five members of our band um you have the one fish in the middle which stands out from the others it's a golden color while the others are a dark faded color this is to represent the um the past 
All these dark fish are, are your past while you stand out among them and you're, you know, obviously surrounded by it. You can't escape it necessarily, but you can stand out from it and you can move on from it. And the fact that the middle fish is in fact a cutthroat trout, uh, that is indicative of our uh, name and where we come from. The cutthroat trout being the uh, state fish of Montana. And then, of course, the name Palomar. That's what we name this this record, which is, uh, you can look it up. It's a fishing reference, but it just fits so perfectly. Um, also, in addition to everything on this, I, I this was unintentional, but also kind of a cool little uh, Easter egg. The color scheme being blue, white, and gold also happens to be the colors of the Montana state flag. Uh, that was, I believe, unintentional, but it's a nice little Easter egg that I'm adding to it all. Because we're all Montana boys, the, the band name was made to uh, be a reflection on our Montana heritage. And so there it is. Uh, the back, just the names of the songs. I'm not going to, comp- I'm not going to unveil too much about all this. I do want you to still go out and buy it. And when you open this up, I want you to, you know, be reading it and all that. And you're not going to be able to see anything here and it's all black on the inside. So it's nothing too special, but we got all our thank yous in there. We have all of our credits and things like that. And then as you open it up and it is a trifold, which is awesome. You got all the lyrics here and we have the CD with our band logo right there on the middle. So, uh, all the artwork that we've had over the years is encapsulated in this. And it's, you know, like I said, to reflect on all this, to look upon it, to hold it, it's an absolute dream come true for myself. And I couldn't be more proud of this. And I couldn't be more proud of the people I've worked with, everybody involved. Um, thank you to everyone out there. I do want to say, obviously, a huge thank you to the fans for supporting us, for coming out to buy this record when when you do, because I know you will, because you should, because it's awesome. All the songs on here are absolutely badass. Um, thank you to the fans, though, for, for supporting us. For I mean, there's no point in making a, a record if nobody's going to listen to it. And we have a very, very devout following who um, we very much appreciate. And that's from the whole band. I want to say that thank you from the entire band. We all appreciate you for your efforts, for your time. Time is the most important thing. The fact that people give their time to come out and see us is the most valuable thing. And so we we very much appreciate that. And I do want to also extend a thank you to my family, to my friends, to all the artists who have inspired me um, to, to like my, to my mom and my dad and my uncle, to my grandma, all my family members and all my friends really for supporting me. And, you know, in, in, in the pursuit of something that's always, most people would look at as a silly dream or a silly hobby or something that's, you know, not achievable. They've always stood by me. They've always supported me and always given me the uh, the encouragement to continue to do this and to feel like it wasn't a silly dream or unachievable. 
Because look at this. We've achieved it. We've done something. I don't care. Honest to God, I'm, I'm to the point now where I don't even care if I become famous or big. I just want my music out there. I just want people to be able to listen to my music and the things that me and my band have created. And now it's possible. That's all I've ever wanted. And so with that, cheers to everybody who helped create this record. Cheers to everybody who goes out and listens to this record, to the fans, to the family, to everybody. Thank you all so much. Palomar, available August 23rd. Go check it out. Now, let's move on. That was a lot of talk about the album, but it's it's truly so important to me. And and I and I had to I had to really get all my thoughts and feelings about it because it is it's one of the biggest achievements of my life of all time because it's it's been a long journey and we finally reached the end. And then, and, and this is the it'll continue from here on out. We're going to make more out records and we're going to continue to write songs and stuff, but this is the, the finish line as far as being able to do one of my goals. This was one goal I set out to do and I've, and I've finally reached it. So to that, I will soak it in and I will reflect and I will enjoy this moment as much as possible. And tonight we're doing our pre-release party. Obviously this recording before the release of this uh, episode. So um, I'm excited about the party tonight, the pre-release party. Now, Another thing I really want to address, a little bit different topic on hand, something I have to point out is I have been getting increasingly fat. I have let my weight slip away. Not just my weight, but my health in general. Um, and it's... <laughs> normally, I don't care about that kind of stuff. Like, Obviously, I've been up and down with my uh, health, like my nutrition and my workout regimens, and it's always been a constant roller coaster of a battle for me to stay healthy or to maintain a certain level of of uh, fitness. Well, this might be one of the worst uh, stretches that I've ever been on, and I could make you know. All the excuses. First of all, my age. I am in fact 30 now, which sucks. But it is become it has oh not just in the last few days, but over the last few years, it has become more and more apparent that my immune system doesn't quite work the way it used to. I can't just go eat fast food three, four times a week. I can't eat cake and sugar and candy on a regular basis. I don't get to have ice cream and things like that. Like, I can do that for sure, but not without consequence anymore. It it seems to be the rate in which I brutalize my body affects me considerably more now. Now that I've aged and is and I'm growing out of my immune system. In addition, the fact that I have not been working out. Now, let me just address the fact that I have been the last couple weeks, or the last week at least. I have been starting a new regimen. But it's a slow process. Up until then, 
I hadn't worked out for three, four months. Not at all. Not even remotely. And to that, I would say, well, I've been busy. That's true. I have been busy with the album, with vacation. I went to Ireland. Now, the vacation was a separate thing because I told myself, I'm just going to let myself relax. I'm going to let myself enjoy this. I don't... I stand by that, okay? I do stand by that. The the fact that I was on vacation, I'm going to eat and drink to my heart's content. And I did. <laughs> that didn't help anything. Um, but yes, busy. Like I said, the album, the vacation, work, everything. And I could use that as my excuse for not working out. The fact that it's a hundred fucking degrees outside. I work my ass off. I sweat my ass off at work, which in a, in a, to an extent is more of a workout than just sitting at a desk in an air conditioned office. So I am sweating out a lot of my, you know, toxins and disgusting habits. Not exactly enough sometimes. But I do get off work. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I don't want to work out. And that's that's a fair excuse. Same with the eating habits. I'm busy, so I don't have the I don't feel like I want to cook for myself. I want to get an easy, quick meal. And the biggest excuse I can give you is that I, you know, so as I've mentioned before, I was I was blessed with a pretty substantial amount of money through my father's um, life insurance. And with that came comfortability, right? And that's, again, something I've always wanted was just to be financially comfortable. And now that I am, that in turn has made, like, it truly has made me comfortable. There's no stress. The fact, well, first of all, the fact that I don't have as much financial stress makes, you know, stress, as shitty as it is, does make you lose weight. <laughs> so there's that aspect of it. And there's the aspect of, oh, I can just go out and eat and spend the money and it's not going to affect me. Comfortability doesn't, isn't always a good thing. You need to have struggle. You need to create struggle. And that's what working out is. It's a created struggle. And the fact that I've become comfortable, that I've become... uh, Life has just become a little bit more comfortable. It's, It's... In addition to it being financial comfort, it's become physical comfort. And comfortability is making me a fat ass. All these excuses, as good as they may sound, as reasonable as they may sound, are still excuses. And I told myself, long ago, I wasn't going to make excuses. I wasn't going to let excuses get in the way. And I have. And for that reason, I feel that I am a failure. I feel like not only am I a failure to myself... But I'm a failure to all of you because I so often preached health is wealth. And I absolutely stand by that. I agree with that. I don't take any of that back. But I didn't back it up. 
I didn't stand by my own word. I, I here I am preaching to you guys like be healthy. Do do good like make yourself feel good. Uh when you feel good, you will reflect good and if you eat well and you exercise, you will feel better. And it's all true. But I'm not living by my own word. I'm not doing the things I'm preaching. And that is something that I've always hated. When people preach and don't back it up. And I've done that. So for that, I feel like a failure. I have failed myself and I have failed you, the viewers. And for that reason alone, for, for, those ex- for all that alone, I am vowing to myself to correct this. I'm vowing to myself to to get back on a better habit, to do better habits, to eat less junk, to uh, drink less. See, that's another thing too. You know, here I am drinking a beer, and I've been drinking beers. There's been lots to celebrate with the album and my birthday, Ireland. So I've been overindulging, and beer and alcohol do not help any of that. So that's something I need to work on as well. Something I need to cut back on. And it's not as much the weight thing for me as much as it's the like the physical feeling. I've I've there is parts of me that, you know, when I look at myself I don't like some of the things I see. But I can I can look past that in a way. I more want to just feel better. I want to sleep better. I want to be more energetic and alert when I'm awake. I don't want to feel sluggish. I don't want to feel groggy. I don't want to, you know, depression has not been a problem lately. And sometimes that can be a problem when you're having bad habits and doing things. But depression has not even remotely creeped in. So that's good. Um, But ultimately, it's just, I want to just feel better. And with that, I, I imagine looking better will come along with that. It's all it all works in tandem. And the bottom line is something needs to change. But nothing changes if nothing changes. You got to make that change. And stand sitting here today, I make the vow that for you, for me, for all of us, I will I didn't uh, my phone's going off. It my phone thinks I'm asking it something. I didn't ask you jack shit. I don't know what I said. Did I say Google? <laughs> Did I say Siri? All right. So yeah, um, cha- I'm I'm changing a course on my life, and I will I will try and do better. Okay. I will I will and we'll start slow. I'm not promising like quick results here. It takes time, you know, but I will uh, I will do my best to do better. I will at least make changes. Okay? I don't know how drastic they will be at first, but as we progress, so will everything else. And so, I apologize to myself, I apologize to you for uh for not practicing what I preach. Um moving forward, some sad news. In- incredibly sad news. Uh, oh, also, real quick though, before I get to the sad news, I do want to mention this too. You know what else doesn't help? Um the eating habits and all that, the fair. So here I am. I I I I finally decide that I'm gonna make the choice to start eating better, start working out, 
I worked out hard last weekend. Like, I went hard. Probably a little too hard, to be honest. After not working out for so long, I probably took it to the extreme because I was sore all over. And this is right before our bike night show. So I'm like aching. And then I'm like, I uh, bought a bunch of steak and eggs and things like that. I'm trying to eat a little bit healthier. And then realized it's fair week. And I end up going to the fair a couple times this last week. <laughs> and I stuffed my face full of deep fried fucking food. So that absolutely counteracted all the progress I was trying to make. But when you go to the fair, you can't not eat the food. That's what's that's the best part of the fair. So the fair rolled into town and I ate my face full, you know, I ate my weight in fucking fried food. And that's just completely counterintuitive. But um I am a glutton and I was in the middle of my transition and it fucking backfired on me. So hopefully this week goes a little smoother since the fair will be gone. And also the fair, the fair, what do the fair and Halloween have in common? Well, (laughs) if you haven't guessed it already, the fair and Halloween have the distinct honor of having in common. The fact that it's the two times a year that all the women get to just walk around in public dressed like hookers. And not just any women, children. I'm walking around the fair, and from a distance, I'm seeing, I'm like, damn. Like, god damn, that, that girl's looking good. We get up closer. Oh, you're clearly 16. You're clearly in high school. And then I want to uh, eat a cyanide pill. Because I feel disgusting. Because these children are walking around like prostitutes. They're... Whose parents? Who are the parents? Where are these children's parents? Who, who let them... Now, God. God knows I'll get in trouble for that. How dare you try to dictate how people dress and what they wear and don't, don't, uh, uh, glor- how dare you as a man over-sexualize the way a woman decides they want to dress? Well, if you dress, if, if you walk around naked, gonna get a boner. That's human nature, baby. You see a hot woman, adult woman, if I see a hot adult woman wearing practically nothing, I'm not saying I'm going to attack her, I'm not saying I'm going to assault her, but I'm gonna look, and I'm gonna get horny. That's the way it works. I understand it. If Hey, you know what? If Brad Pitt's walking around out here shirtless, chiseled like a Greek god, you gotta put towels on the floor. Because the ladies are gonna be dripping. That's the way it works. You're over-sexualizing his body. 
And I'm going to do the same to you. Because you're wearing practically nothing. So don't get on me about that shit, alright? The, the problem here, the problem I'm having here, is that you're letting children dress this way. And that isn't right. I'm not saying I'm trying to over-sexualize children. Well, to be fair, you're doing that as a parent, letting your child dress that way. And again, there's that whole stigma of like, well, anybody should be able to dress the way they want. Well, you're not going to let your kid walk around naked, are you? Because that's disgusting. So why are you gonna why are you gonna let them dress dress practically naked? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And every and come on, let's be honest with ourselves. Like at Halloween time, you know the difference between a regular costume and a slutty costume. There's a very distinct difference. So if you can make that distinction, we all can. When we see a sexy outfit. We get boinged. We get brackacacacked. That's just nature, baby. That's the way it is. And without, <laughs> I tried to cover all my bases without sounding like a creep or getting in trouble. And I don't know if I achieved it. But I hope my point was made clear that those are the two holidays that all women dress like whores. <laughs> Oh, God. Now, after that funny moment, let's take a moment of solace in some very sad news that we have to bring up. <sighs> the man, the myth, the legend, the absolute legend, Johnny Hardwick, the voice of Dale Gribble from my favorite television show, King of the Hill, has passed away. We mourn the loss of Johnny Hardwick. I mean, God, I think it was only 65? I don't know the cause of death. I imagine it was probably some illness. I don't, I don't, I'm not even going to speculate. But truly, truly a devastating loss, in my opinion. As I've mentioned, King of the Hill, one of my absolute all-time favorite shows. I've seen it a million times. Dale was just one of the greatest characters of all time. Truly. And the fact that they were going to remake... They're going to remake... Or they're rebooting the show. And apparently, Johnny Hardwick had, had already voiced... A few episodes. Now the question remains. What do they do? Do they continue with a new voice actor? Do they uh, recast? Do they kill off the character of Dale Gribble? And I just don't see how that's possible. They have to recast. Unfortunately. Because there is only one voice of Dale Gribble. And it's Johnny Hardwick. But. As I've thought about it. There's only. I mean. There's really only three characters, three true characters in King of the Hill that are 
undoubtable fan favorites. And that's Hank Hill, Bobby Hill, and Dale Gribble. Everybody's split on Bill. You know, I'm not a Bill fan, but there's some people that like Bill, and Bill's a big character in the show. Boomhauer is kind of just, he's not really, he's there, but, and people like him. I don't think there's anybody who hates Boomhauer, but I don't think anybody like truly loves Boomhauer the same way they love Dale. Then you have all the side characters, Cotton, John Redcorn, Khan. All those characters are just kind of in the dust. They're kind of just like there. Nobody like loves or hates any of them. And then you have the most hated characters, which are Peggy. And that's it. Peggy is the absolute least favorite character, undoubtedly, from the show. But, as I mentioned, Dale is one of the three most important characters to the show. So I don't see how they possibly could continue without that character. Yes, it will be absolutely difficult to move on without Johnny Hardwick being the voice of Dale. But it almost seems like the only thing, like, it seems like the most logical conclusion. Nonetheless, we mourn Johnny Hardwick here on the Lysa Garden Podcast. Here is myself being the utmost fan of King of the Hill. Um, I'm devastated. I'm saddened completely. And for that, I just want to have a small moment of silence and, and raise a glass to the late Johnny Hardwick for all of all that you've done for me, for all King of the Hill fans. Cheers to you. May you rest in peace. Now, we got the sorrow out of the way. We paid our respects. Let's move on to a much more exciting bit of news. Montana's own Sean O'Malley tonight will be fighting. Now, obviously, this will be coming out after the fact. But as of the recording of this episode, tonight, Sugar Sean O'Malley, Montana's own Sugar Sean O'Malley, will be fighting for the bantamweight title of the world in UFC 293 or 292. I don't know. One of the two. 292, 293. One of them. Um, against Aljamain Sterling. Who mm, arguably could be considered the best bantamweight of all time. At least, I don't know if I would say the best bantamweight of all time. I would probably go as far as to say the most decorated bantamweight of all time. Considering the fact that he... Uh, I don't know if he, he's definitely not the most dominant bantamweight of all time. I would have to say um, in his prime, TJ Dillashaw was the best bantamweight of all time. And, you know, had, had the, had the scandal not have happened with TJ Dillashaw had the injuries not happened. I do believe TJ Dillashaw would have been the most dominant bantamweight of all time. There's an argument to be made for dominant Cruz as greatest bantamweight of all time. I think he has the longest reign as champion. Now, Aljamain has an opportunity to have the most title defenses as a bantamweight. He is very versatile. Great grappler. Decent on the feet. 
Not the greatest chin, I will say that. And Sean O'Malley, we don't really know what his, you know, wrestling and his grappling can hold. We haven't really seen a lot of it. We do know that he is a terrific striker. And um, so so the, it's a matchup between a, a, it's a classic striker versus grappler matchup. I think this could go, it's, it's going to go one of two ways, clearly. I think, well, let's go one of three ways, okay? If Sean O'Malley wins, it's going to be my knockout. I think that's the only way Sean O'Malley wins. I think if uh, the, the way that Sterling wins, it's going to be by just absolutely grappling the hell out of Sean and potentially choking him out or getting him in some kind of submission. It comes down to whether or not Sean can defend the takedown. And if it goes to decision, I I would probably put the odds in the favor of, of Aljamain Sterling. But I'm backing up my boy. I mean, Montana through and through, man. This this whole episode has been about being from Montana. It's It's about representing the state of Montana. We did that with our album, and I'm doing that in this fight. I'm going to... Back my boy, Sugar Sean O'Malley, representing the state of Montana. Obviously, he's kind of moved on from all that, but he is very much still from here. He still holds Montana near and dear to him. And I got to back my boy up. I got Sean O'Malley by KO slash TKO in let's go with the third round. I think the longer the fight progresses, the worse it's going to be for Sean. I'm going to say third round. KO, TKO. Honestly, I could see it happening really early, too. Hell, it could be two or three minutes into the first round that we get a finish. But let's go with that. Let's go with, like, a third round TKO. Like, he'll wear him out. He'll he'll fight off the, the takedowns. He might have one round where he struggles to get off the ground. But he avoids submission and then just wears... Sterling down, gets that chin weak, very similar to the way Sterling was having it with uh, Piotr Jan in their first fight before the illegal knee. It could go that way. It's either going to go, Sean O'Malley's going to just clip him with something strong in the first round and just completely knock him out, or he'll wear him out by the third round. It'll just be an onslaught through three rounds, and by the time it gets into the third, Sterling will have had too much, and then he'll have he'll knock him down and just beat him with some some ground and pound. That's my official prediction. Sugar Sean by knockout. First from Montana, the champion. My God, how cool would that be? How epic would that be? On the same night as our as our pre-release, I'm ordering the fights. We're watching the fights at the pre-release party. It's going to be an epic night. God, I cannot wait. Um, ugh, just so just so awesome. Uh, in addition to that, I'll make my other fight predictions. I got Zhang Weili by submission. I got um, Ian Gary by knockout. We're going to see a lot of finishes tonight, I think. I'll go Chris Weidman by knockout. I'll go Marlon Vera by knockout slash TKO. And I will go... Who's the other one? Oh, I'll go Mario Batista by decision. And of course, you know your boy, the the 
ever degenerate gambler that he is, had to put a little bit of cash on your boy Sugar Sean. And this being the fact that he is my ooh. The, being the fact that he is a Montana native, he is my boy. God, we should send Sugar some of our songs, see if he wants to use any of this as a walkout music. That'd be epic. He's not much of a rock guy, though, so. Um, I put a little extra on Sugar. Because the odds, because I, I bet, normally you know me, I'll do a parlay. I normally would put down on a parlay. Not this time. I put a cool hundo on Sugar Sean to win by knockout. Odds were plus 320, which means my overall payout would be 420. That's the ultimate, that's how much I would get back is well I would actually win 320, but with my 100 in there, I would win 420, which to me was a huge sign being at the fact that Sugar Sean is a like a big weed guy. So that was a sign from the gods. In addition, I watched some predictions and I don't I didn't understand like what the what the odds they had were, but Alex Volkanovsky, one of my other favorite fighters, they showed the odds on their side and for Sugar Sean it was $3.16. I don't know what that means. I don't know what like system they were using, but it was like Aljamain was a dollar something and Sean was 316 3 $3.16 and 316 Austin 316. I'm looking at that as another sign being it also that it was on Alex Volkanovsky's channel who's one of my all-time favorite fighters. Come on. The stars are aligning. Everything's going to work out. It's going to be on the same night as our pre-release show. And it's just going to be a fucking all-out Montana night. So, with that, we're going to end it there. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, you will know that your boy won a little cash. Sugar Sean cashed out and is walking away. Bantamweight champion. One more thing that I do want to mention, though, before we leave. Um, I got to... I gotta, I gotta, call out the Montana media real quick. The Montana sports media. Sugar Sean has been in the in the UFC for years. Five, six years now. He, he's been on top. He's been a star in the UFC for at least three or four years now. And the fact that only just now have I truly seen the Montana media just like glorying and like really talking about Sean, even though he's always been from Montana and he's been popular, he's been immensely popular, but now that he's fighting for a title, all of a sudden now Montana sports media really wants to talk about Sean. I'm not saying they never did, but not to the extent that they are now. They should have been following him and talking about him way more often than they have now. So I'm a little disappointed in Montana media for only just now capitalizing on Sean because it's a title fight. Granted, it is also a main event title fight, which is epic. And I'm also so bummed out. The one thing I will say I'm bummed out about is the fact that hooligans on the last minute decided they were going to show the, the UFC fights at hooligans, which I, I fucking miss watching fights at hooligans. And of course... I'm going to miss it tonight because we're going to have our party. 
it's a bummer. It truly is. But you know what? It is what it is. We'll watch it with friends at the house. It'll be just fine. I'm just bummed out that I'm going to miss yet again another... Or I'm going to miss the first Hooligans fight night in over a year. Because they'll only show Connor fights, and apparently they'll show O'Malley fights if it's a headliner. Which makes sense. But, you know. Let's go, Sugar Sean. Uh, cheers to everybody who helped put on, put uh, this this record together. To the bandmates, to the family, to the friends, to Jesse, to Jared. Um, to everybody. Thank you so much. Go out. Get Palomar. The first debut cutthroat record. Spotify. Apple Music, YouTube, everywhere, 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 everywhere. It'll be everywhere. Follow Cutthroat on uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook. You'll find the links to all of it. We're going to share the shit out of it. And um, make sure for all these moments, for all the moments that are good in your life, for all the achievements you make, for all the positive things that come your way, take time, reflect on it. Soak it in, because God damn it, you deserve it. And most importantly, don't forget, life's a garden. Dig it. You just gotta, you just gotta keep on going.